0: The first and great commandment of God in the Bible says we are to love God and do it with our all. See Deuteronomy six five ten twelve eleven thirteen thirty six, Joshua twenty two five, Matthew twenty two thirty seven, Mark twelve thirty, and Luke ten twenty seven. In Matthew twenty two forty it says all the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. The second commandment is to love your neighbor, which generally means those around you. Yet this is secondary. If we make this more important than loving God, we will miss the mark. It is a sequence of events. We first love God, and then while continuing to love God, we can love others. This is important to remember. If we love others without our minds and hearts with God, we can easily miss the mark. That said, all the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. Loving God is always most important. If we love God, then we will love others more in the manner God desires us to do it. Any problem we may have with love will have to do with our understanding or faith, and not God. Change can be quite inconvenient and uncomfortable. We will need to give in to the inconvenience and discomfort. Following God's instructions involves reliance and obedience. Here is what God says to do with tangible and measurable objectives. Deuteronomy 6, 4-9 Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children. You shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. These are instructions Jesus and the apostles did. We too can choose to do them. Doing them can teach us why they are important. If we do them with all our heart, all our mind, all our soul, and all our strength, long enough for learning to come, we must seek to increase our trust in the biblical God. We must also be willing to accept new understanding. That means maintaining a flexible mindset, not rigid. Humility and willingness are needed. To learn and correct uncomfortable truths about ourselves. This means we will need to take corrective action. When I was growing up, I would rarely apply myself. There was a time when I got a job at a hardware store through a high school electrical trade program. I was told to sweep. I didn't want to sweep because I believed I was an electrician. This conflict affected my attitude and performance, but I was told to do it. So off with the broom I went. There were many construction workers going in and out of the store, so dirt would cover the floor. I was pushing the broom around because I was told to sweep. So as I was pushing the broom around, my supervisor came over. Irritated with me, he grabbed the broom and demonstrated how to sweep. He applied more pressure with repeated pushes on the broom, slowly gathering the thick dust and dirt into a pile. I could see the difference. I was surprised and embarrassed that I didn't even know how to sweep. I did not realize the effort involved. Our diligence and attitude matters. Are we doing our best to follow God's instructions? Sometimes, resentments or confusion can block us from trusting God. To increase our application of service with God, we must settle any bitterness about serving God. Praying for help, conversing with others, listening to our inward authority, and reading the Bible can help but we will need to sort things out within our own thoughts and beliefs. No one can do that for us. How can we increase diligence, time, prayer, and thought more like Moses, David, and the apostles exemplified in the Bible? Are we willing to begin taking daily action to improve our walk with God? Are we willing to begin today? In Matthew 5.20, Jesus says, For I say to you, that unless your righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. Jesus is making a very clear point in Matthew 5.20. Our righteousness is to exceed that of the scribes and Pharisees. How much time and effort are we applying to understanding God's righteousness in the Bible? Are we learning how to do this? We can do a concordance search on righteousness. In the New King James Version, there's 558 verses. We can see the patterns and recognize what those patterns mean. Many have heard the question, what would Jesus do? Our thoughts ought to be upon this each day. What does God want us to do? If we love God with our all, then we are certainly considering what God wants us to do and seeing how we can do it. In order to understand what God might want us to do, we ought to read the Bible to help us answer that question. It may be the most important question. Let's look closely at the great commandment of God. The instructions on how to apply our loving God with our all can be broken into four points. First, teach. It says, you shall teach them diligently to your children. We are to teach God's statutes, commands, and ways. Not only that, but since we follow these, we can share from our experience how they are good. The second is talk daily. It says, Shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. That means daily. We can share about temptations, struggles, successes, and the good we learn. We can encourage and support one another. The third point, use visual prompts and reminders. It says, you shall bind them as a sign on your hand and shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Since the goal is for us to love God, these signs are more for us than anyone else. So as we create our reminders, we ought to remember to read them carefully, taking them in to be affected by them. The fourth and final point, focus upon God continuously. It says, frontlets between your eyes. This means our goal is to grow God's goodness, grace, and righteousness within our consciousness as we go throughout our day. We really ought to know how to apply this command and to do it well enough to teach others. We ought to examine ourselves to see how well we are taking steps to learn and apply it. Let's look at John 15:5 5-6. It says, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me, and I in him, bears much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire, and they are burned. Please read all of John 15 slowly to understand its message better. This message is figurative. It has to be because obviously we are not branches. We are not made of wood and we do not have fruit hanging from our limbs. Jesus is a conduit of God because Jesus does what God instructs as Jesus clearly describes in John 15. The branches attach to the vine and receive what the vine offers. But the branch must produce from what the vine offers in order to stay attached. If we say we are with Jesus, but our fruit is dried up and tastes bad, then are we really attached taking in all the good Jesus offers? If we are not taking the goodness of love and peace into our hearts, minds, choices, and actions, then can we really produce love and peace? The fruit we bear depends upon how well we accept such grace into our being. Back to the example of my lesson in sweeping. Once my supervisor taught me how to sweep, I believed I was expected to sweep as demonstrated. It was a lot more physical and mental work than I wanted to do. I did it, but I didn't like it. I became bitter and it affected my attitude, which was already bad. I accepted the position there to do electrical, and was bitter about sweeping. My boss lost patience with me, and I was let go. In my spiritual walk, I have learned to keep a steady watch for signs where I may not be abiding in God very well. I have learned over time to gauge my levels of fear, resentment, selfish ambition, vanity, pride, greed, and lust. These thoughts and feelings affect my body and my relationships. They affect my soul. Also, I am learning how to gauge my levels of love, truth, justice, compassion, mercy, forgiveness, peace, patience, service, and giving. These two affect my body, relationships, and soul. When I am seeking to fulfill the first and great commandment of God, I am applying my thoughts and actions toward building God's goodness in my heart, mind, soul, strength, choices, and attitude. This is a lot. And to be clear, I have only begun to learn how to grow with God. I have a long way to go. The goal is improvement. I simply seek to find a way to make an improvement each day. And as I make a simple improvement each day, I can grow. Improvement means I add something new and different that aligns with God. It's necessary to note that not everyone will be ready to accept and desire these instructions just as I wasn't ready to accept the instructions from my supervisor about sweeping. My mind and heart were elsewhere. For me, it took a broken heart with great fear and desperation to commit myself to God because many of my ways were contrary to God's ways. In Ephesians 6 NIV, there is a message of putting on the armor of God. This message breaks down traits we ought to carry within our hearts and minds each day. It discusses standing firm and having readiness. It discusses a struggle. These instructions are clear about daily conditions we face as we seek to love God with our whole being. We ought to be increasingly attentive to these things as the Bible says to do. God is with us every day, all day long. And how long are we listening and considering God? How well are we making improvements with our attention to God and learning how to be with God more? How well are we learning how the Bible describes God's character? We can gather God's evidence by doing what God says to do and examining what happens. We can listen to others as they share successes and struggles in practicing the biblical instructions. We develop our senses to learn from the Spirit within us. For more information, please visit www.inwardauthority.com. In Matthew 6:33, Jesus says, "But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you." Let's seek God's righteousness today.